Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello again, everybody. Paul Gray here. Thanks so much for joining me for another talk about grace. Today, we're going to talk about a small reddish-brown animal with a long tail who stores up nuts for the winter. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, those of you who know me know that the answer is always Jesus. Remember back in Sunday school, a teacher asked a question, you know, what's small, furry, four legs, long, bushy tail, stores up nuts for the winter? And one little boy says, sounds a lot like like a squirrel to me, but everything you always ask about is Jesus. So I'm going with Jesus. Well, we're going to talk about Jesus today. What did people say about Jesus when he was here on earth? Some people said he was a good teacher. Some said he was just another man. Some say he didn't even exist. Some say the whole story about him was made up. Somebody said he's just another false messiah. The Roman government certainly didn't know what to make of him. The religious leaders thought not only was he a fake, but that he was a false teacher, a heretic, and unclean, according to their laws and religious rules, because he hung out with the wrong kind of people and seemed to enjoy it. Sometimes we can be defined by our friends. Others, though, said he was the son of God. And some said he was the potential savior of a few people. Others said, no, he's the savior of the entire cosmos. Well, today, I mean, (laughs) every pastor in the world on any given Sunday probably is going to talk about Jesus. Today, I want to discuss what did Jesus spend most of his time doing during his three-and-a-half-year ministry. Did you ever think about that? As I've been thinking about it, what he did the most was hang out with his friends. Wouldn't that be a nice job description? Three-and-a-half years just hanging out with your friends? Well, today we're going to discuss what friends are like. And in preparation for this message— I ask people in our group where I live in Lawrence, Kansas, and other people, Facebook friends, social media friends, to give me the top three things that they said they desire most in somebody they like to hang out with. In other words, if they're going to hang out with somebody, they want them to have these top three qualities. Well, after just a few days, I already have 77 of those qualities. So I'm just going to read them off for you today. And this is not a, uh, uh, certainly not a finite list. Here's what people have said. They make you feel good. They're fun. They have a sense of humor. They totally accept you. You can relax with them. You can believe them. You can let your hair down with them. You're at ease with them. They're easy to be with. You're comfortable with them. They don't make you feel like or demand that you acknowledge that they are better than you. They're caring. They're safe to be with. 
They're safe when you're not with them. You don't owe them anything. They have a good sense of humor and can make fun of themselves. They don't get their feelings hurt easily. They listen to understand, not to fix you. They're engaged. They like being with you, and they make sure you know that. They're not always trying to impress you. You don't feel like you have to impress them. They're real. They're good. They're kind. They're nice to me and to other people. They're generous. They're patient. They're dependable. They understand you, or at least try. They're good listeners. They don't judge, condemn, shame, put down, or berate you. They're not constantly bringing up things you've done wrong or could do better. They value you. They accept you. They're proud of you. You feel good when you're with them. They overlook your quirkiness. You look forward to being with them. They like to celebrate with you. They're positive. They're agreeable. They're likable, and they like you. They don't get easily irritated with you. They believe in you. They don't keep a record of your wrongs. They don't bring up past things you've done to irritate them or hurt them or let them down. They don't talk about you behind your back. They're eager and willing to help you. They're compassionate. They see the best in you and everybody. They sincerely compliment you. They want to know what's going on with you. You know that you're not an inconvenience or a bother to them. They enjoy you. They're not always correcting you. They're not negative and draining. They're not prejudiced or judgmental. They love you unconditionally. They're friendly. They're honest. They have integrity. They're a character. Now, the person who wrote that, I don't know if she meant they're a character or they have character. I think probably both are true. They're open to new thoughts. They're genuinely interested in me and my family. We share similar interests. They have my best interest at heart. They're willing to be open about their own lives. They're truthful. You can have a meaningful conversation with them. They give grace and understanding in all circumstances. You look forward to being with them. You feel good when you're with them. And after you're with them and you go your separate ways, you feel better than you did before you were with them. You don't feel any pressure from them. They're always thinking of ways to bless you. They delight in your success. You never have to walk on eggshells with them. There's never any pressure. You don't have to wonder if you've kept the scales balanced and evenly reciprocated for how well they've treated you and blessed you. You can always count on them. They have no agenda except to love you, give you grace, and bless you. Now, some of those are similar. Some may have actually been exactly the same. I tried to not do duplicates there. But those are really cool things that we like the most about somebody we want to hang out with. Well, do you have any friends who meet all of those characteristics all the time? You know, that's sort of like the Proverbs 31 woman. That woman wasn't an actual woman. She didn't exist. Nobody could do the things that she did in one day or one lifetime. That was a composite of good things about a person. Well, most likely, we don't have any human being who meets all of these things, although I've had a couple in my life who are pretty close, and I consider them real gifts. But do we have any friends who meet all those characteristics all the time? Well, sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? It is Jesus. Jesus, Papa, and Grace, who I've called the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we're defined by our friends 
but people don't really know who our friends are when our friends are Jesus, Papa, and Grace. I had a lunch with a friend Friday who told me that his kids are very religious, they're adults, and they think he's gone off the deep end because of his understanding now of God's unconditional love and grace for everyone. They say, you've gone off the deep end. You might as well be crazy. But there's no question that you've changed for the better. You're a lot different person than you used to be. (laughs) Well, you know, we're immersed in pure light and goodness and love when we're with the Trinity, and that rubs off on us. If we were meeting together in this group today and had our worship team, I would have suggested that we played and sang a song called, I am a friend of God. He calls me friend, because that's true. Now, we learn from Jesus, of course, what our best friend is like, and we are Jesus' best friend. And he also tells us some things about what good friends are not like either. In Matthew 20, 25 to 28, this is the message translation. He said this to the people he was teaching. He said, you've observed how godless rulers throw their weight around, how quickly a little power goes to their heads. It's not going to be that way with you. Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your servant. Jesus said, that's what I've done. I came to serve not be served, and then to give away my life in exchange for the many who are held hostage. And the many in Hebrew and Aramaic was a term that meant everyone. John fifteen fifteen in the mirror, Jesus said, I don't communicate with you all anymore on a slave or a boss basis. Slaves have no clue what their master's about to do. I talk to you as my friends, telling you everything that I've heard in my conversation and intimate association with my father. This I explain to you in the clearest possible terms. Jesus said, I call you friends. I made you my friends. I chose you. I want to look at a couple of scriptures here, and this is not going to be a a long message today because what I want you to do is to think about all of these different things that we want, and you probably have other things too, that you want in a good friend, somebody you like to hang out with. And well, I'll get to the main point in a minute. Here's Acts 10, 36 to 40. God sent his word to the Jewish people first, announcing the wonderful news of hope and peace through Jesus, the anointed one, the Lord of all. He's talking there about John the Baptist hearing from God and telling the people that Jesus was coming. He said, you are well aware of all the things that began in Galilee and spread throughout the land of Israel immediately after John preached his message of baptism. Verse 38, Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with great power. And it's interesting, this is just a side note, we also learn from John chapter 4, verse 17, as Jesus is in this world, as he was in this world, as he is today, we are exactly like him. You and I are anointed by the Holy Spirit and have great power. And going on here in Acts ten thirty-eight, it says what Jesus did as a result of that anointing and power. He did wonderful things for others and divinely healed all all who were under the tyranny of slander and lying and deception, 
some translations mistakenly say the devil, for God had anointed him. Now, other versions say Jesus went about doing good all the time and healing all the people. I like the passion here. It says he continually did wonderful things for others and divinely healed all who were under the tyranny of slander and lying and deception. All right. Goes on to say, we apostles, and if I remember right, this was John saying this, we apostles were eyewitnesses to all the miracles that he performed throughout the land of Israel. Finally, in Jerusalem, he was crucified on a cross, but God raised him from the dead three days later, allowing him to be seen openly. All right. The point of that passage, always there are many points, but what I want to get across today is what Jesus did in his three and a half years here on earth was he just hung out with people. He hung out with his friends, and in the process, he went around doing good and helping people and blessing them. Now, I want to take a quick look here at Romans chapter 8, verses 27 to 30. And like all scripture, like the passage we just read in Acts, but like all scripture, there are many, many, many levels, depths of meaning here. But I want you to see something here today. Here's what Paul says. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit, because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. Many times we don't even know what to pray, but we can be confident that the Holy Spirit of Christ in us, who's one with our spirit, is praying to God the Father and to Jesus on our behalf in perfect harmony with God's plan for our destiny. All right, verse 28. So we are convinced that every detail of our life is continually woven together for good. Other verses say God is continually working all things for the good. We are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually being woven together for good. For we are God's lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. God knew all about us before we were born. Ephesians 1 tells us that in spades. And he destined us or chose us from the beginning. That's not the beginning of people here on earth. That's not the beginning of our lives. That's not the beginning of our adulthood. That's before the beginning of creation. <laughs> God knew about us all before we were born, and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. We've been created in the image and likeness of God. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. We're created in God's image and likeness. Obviously, we don't always act like that. However, God's in the process of bringing that about more and more. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And other passages tell us he calls everyone. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, that's us, he co-glorified with Jesus. 
And friends, Jesus went about doing good, helping people, blessing people, healing people all the time. That's what he did as he went around hanging out with people. That kind of friend, Jesus, Papa and the Holy Spirit, hang out with us. And if I were to pick one name to use for them, for that perfect friend that hangs out with me, I would say I would call them grace. They don't care what we call them. We can call them whatever we want to. But we can say the Trinity, we can say Papa, Jesus, Holy Spirit, whatever. But just for me, that friend who meets all of these qualities that I talk about, who lives in me, who has always lived in me, who loved me before the beginning of the world, who loved me into creation before the beginning of time, who included me before the beginning of the world, who's always with me now, I call grace. Now, Here's what I want you to be sure and take away from today. The more that you are aware that you are always hanging out with, always abiding in, always dwelling in seamless union with grace, the more you're aware of that, the more you will experience being conformed to Christ-likeness. And the more you will experience yourself being the kind of friend that we listed out today, that's the kind of person that we want to hang out with. The more we hang out with the person that has all of these qualities, the more we're going to become like them in our relationships with other people. We may be the only scripture that other people ever see. So we are always with them, always, 24-7. We don't always remember that. The vast majority of the people don't even know that, never even heard about that, have never even heard that Papa, Jesus, and Grace have always been with them, are with them and in them, and they can enjoy their presence 24-7, and it's a wonderful presence. There's nothing to fear. There's nothing harsh about it. There's nothing to worry about. It's like hanging out with the best possible friend you could imagine. We get to experience that from them. We get to live that to other people, and we get to tell other people the really good, wonderful news that all of this is true for them too. And it already has been, and there's nothing they have to do to earn it, merit it, or try to keep it. It's a done deal. It is finished. We call it grace to all. Thanks, everybody, for listening, for being with me today. Hope this has blessed you as it has me. Look forward to seeing you all next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.